Hey everyone, before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. Blue Wire. With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Matthew Stafford. Stafford, step it up, going left side, watch Calvin, Enzo, got him, oh baby, that was a rocket! And it's picked off, intercepted by Darius Slade, no one will catch him, touchdown Hello and welcome to another edition of the Michael Rothstein Show brought to you by Indeed and by Bet Online. We're in the home stretch, people. In the home stretch. Less than one week left until the final game of the season and everything really starts having bigger movement when it comes to the head coaching and general manager searches. And one week from today will be the final episode of the podcast just a reminder there so we've got including this episode six episodes left so with that in mind and with the reality that this game just does totally matter this week we want to look at the roster where it sits right now and what that could mean for 2021 and we're going to go through it position by position not a lot happened in the world of the lions today in any sort of reality they get back to practice here on wednesday recording this tuesday night obviously so let's just jump right in and we'll start at quarterback on the roster now and these will be the contract terms if they are under contract for 2021 matthew stafford 9.5 million dollar base 33 million dollar cap it 10 million dollar roster bonus due the fifth day of the league year 16 million in dead money chase daniel $4.3 $4.3 million base, $1.5 million of that fully guaranteed. $5.3 million cap it, $3 million dead money. David Blau, $850,000 base, $850,000 cap it. And potentially Jordan Ta'amu, who could sign a futures deal. He is on the practice squad at the moment. Remember, those futures deals are not guaranteed that all the practice squad guys are going to sign them. Usually that happens that way, but... Especially this year, I would imagine some guys maybe just don't want to sign them or try to look other places. And we'll get to that a little bit maybe down the road on this show. 
So who do I think is definitively 100% absolutely back for 2021? No one. None. I, I know you th maybe thought that Matthew Stafford would be here. Maybe David Blau would be here. But I can see we spots where all of those guys can get moved on from. So what decisions does whoever the general manager and head coach have to make? Well, I mean, listen, we all know this. This is well-worn worn territory when it comes to Matthew Stafford. The Lions could move on from him. If they choose to use him as a bridge quarterback with a rookie, cutting Chase Daniel and absorbing the $3 million in dead money is feasible, particularly if this is being looked at as a rebuild and you're getting that rookie quarterback prepped to take over for Stafford in 2022 or 2023. So having Chase Daniel on the roster doesn't really do anything for you because David Blau, if you wanted, could be your third quarterback. David Blau, he's not in the definitively back category for me because if they do choose to keep Stafford and Chase Daniel and also develop a rookie, maybe that's who gets the odd man out in David Blau because they've seen him for a couple of years. They know what he can be and can't be. And depending on what the new offense looks like, he may or may not fit. But his salary is very, very manageable if you're looking for a third quarterback. So that could be another potential situation there. Jordan Ta'amu, again, also a player in that vein where if he does sign a futures deal, he would be competing for some sort of real developmental role. The big question, of course, is Matthew Stafford. The dead money is a lot to eat, particularly if you're trying to be competitive in 2021. If they just say, listen, we are definitely having a multi-year rebuild, then maybe you jettison that salary now, get it off the books, eat it, understand what you're going to be, and really start preparing to be competitive in 2022. But it is a manageable enough salary for a quarterback particularly if they trade him before the roster bonus kicks in, that if the right package comes along and the right offer from a team comes along, it could make sense to trade him. I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen, but as I've said multiple times, it's a non-zero chance that it won't. So when you look at it, you just have to consider what the new general manager and new head coach are going to want, what their plan is, because there's also the possibility that they sign Matthew Stafford to a long-term extension. There is that chance, too, depending, again, who the general manager and head coach are. But when you're looking at it right now, you can't say Stafford's a lock to be on the 2021 roster. I realize that's a tough thing, potentially, for some people to hear, but that's just the truth. And if you're moving on from him right away, that's truly a blowing it all up, starting all over again, got a good enough deal maybe from San Francisco, maybe from Indianapolis. If Dallas can't get it worked out with Dak Prescott, Dallas would be an obvious place to look. Like Some of these teams would be places that would make a lot of sense for Matthew Stafford. Frankly, Indianapolis and San Francisco are both teams that make a ton of sense because they both feel like they're a quarterback away from maybe being a Super Bowl team, depending what those teams want to do with Jimmy Garoppolo and with Phillip Rivers. And if you've listened to the pod with Nick Wagner last week, we talked a little bit about the Matthew Stafford situation there. So that's where things stand at quarterback. But the last thing I want to say with this, and it's just true, this is realistically the closest Stafford has come to not being with the Lions since he entered the league in 2009. 
far away. It's the biggest immediate storyline after they hire the new GM and the head coach. And if you don't think those people are going to be asked about it in those initial press conferences, you haven't been paying attention to how the Detroit media works because that will be the biggest question for these guys as they get started, at least in the short term. Next up, looking at running back on the roster now, DeAndre Swift. His base salary is $998,133. He has a cap hit of $1,940,663 and debt money of $4,753,844. Adrian Peterson's an unrestricted free agent after the season. Carry on Johnson, base salary in 21. $1,366,869. Cap hit of $2,069,359. And he has debt money of $702,490. Dalen Dawkins is a practice squad guy right now. Could be on a futures deal. Jordan Scarlett, the same situation. Kareth White, the same situation. At fullback, Jason Cabinda is an exclusive rights free agent. So he should be back as long as the team wants a fullback. Whatever the new offense is, if they want a fullback, they should bring him back. Even if they don't want a fullback anymore, he could transition back to linebacker. And again, it's an easy pickup for them. At least bring him into camp. He's a very good special teams player. Doesn't hurt you to have that type of versatility. The other player is Nick Bodden, $920,000 base salary, $941,051 cap hit, $21,051 in dead money. So who do I think is definitively back for next year? DeAndre Swift, Jason Cabinda, decisions elsewhere. So to me, it would be very surprising if Adrian Peterson returned to the Lions in 2021. The only way I could see that potentially happening is if Daryl Bevel does return as offensive coordinator. Because considering Peterson's age and what Detroit's likely heading toward with a multi-year rebuild potentially, or even if it's a just a 2021 rebuild, I can't imagine Peterson being part of that and wanting to be a part of that and the other thing too is Peterson might want more money than what his role would be in Detroit because DeAndre Swift is only going to take more of the work no matter who the coaching staff is if they believe in carry on Johnson which frankly I still don't understand that's one of the biggest baffling things to me that happened this season is why carry on Johnson basically just got shuttered completely to the bench you know, maybe there's even less of a role for Peterson. Nick Bodden, to me, probably makes it to training camp, but he could also easily be cut if they do want a fullback and they do believe in Cabinda. But Bowden hasn't been able to stay healthy throughout his career, so you can't really count on him. Again, the big question in this group is carry on. He's entering the last year of his deal. His contract is manageable for this deal. If the new regime believes there's a role for him, he should at least get in the camp. And frankly, at that point, probably makes the team. This year, how he was used or not used, as it were, was one of the more confounding things, as I just talked about, in Detroit's offense this season. Perhaps he'll get more of an opportunity with the new staff. One would think he might. He's, frankly, a player that would make sense to at least bring in the camp, but bring in challengers. Uh, You know, bring in a free agent veteran running back. They're always able to be found. Bring in a late round pick or a UDFA. Again, always able to be found. You're looking for a compliment to DeAndre Swift. 
And that may be on the roster with Kerryon Johnson. It may be elsewhere. Frankly, it's where you see Ty Johnson with the Jets right now, and you shake your head a little bit. You see Bo Scarborough uh, injured, unfortunately, but with Seattle, and you shake your head a little bit because those were two guys that could have really made sense this year and next year as potential you know, foils and kind of backup, change of pace guys for DeAndre Swift. But because the Lions had Adrian Peterson, neither neither one of those guys lasted the season in Detroit. The next spot is a biggie. And after this spot, we'll take a break and then come back on the other side of the break and hit the rest of the team. It is wide receiver on the roster now. Kenny Galladay, unrestricted free agent. Marvin Jones Jr., unrestricted free agent. Danny Amendola, unrestricted free agent. Jamal Agnew, unrestricted free agent. Mohamed Sanu, Unrestricted free agent. Quintez Cephas, $780,000 base salary, $856,073 cap hit, $228,219 in dead money. Geronimo Allison, remember him? $990,000 in base salary, $987,500 in cap hit, $137,500 in dead money. Victor Bolden, potential futures contract. Tom Kennedy, potential futures contract. So who's definitively back for 21? There's only one name. Quintus Cephas. And I wouldn't even put Cephas on here if they had any other receivers locked up. Because I think Cephas will be able to develop and they'll give him that chance. But you never know when a new staff comes in. Like this group is in major, major, major flux. We've talked about it a few times throughout the year. And the main question is Kenny Galladay and what the Lions do with him. And that after the Stafford question, and maybe even somehow it gets handled before the Stafford question or in conjunction with, the Lions have three options. They can franchise tag Kenny Galladay, they can sign him to a long-term extension, or they can let him walk. Like, you have to figure that thing out, and you have to figure that thing out quick when you're hired. To me, what would I do? I would tag Kenny Galladay. Because whether it's Stafford or it's a rookie or it's a bridge quarterback, a different, maybe more cost-efficient bridge quarterback, Galladay is a good player to have, even on the tag, because you can trade him if you want to, and you can make sure you get some things for him instead of, if you let him walk, a potential compensatory third-round pick a year later. Like This will make it something much easier for you to get in the short term. It also gives the Lions more options and more time to figure things out and to sell their plan and their vision to Galladay for the future. If whoever they hire wants to keep Galladay long-term and is willing to pay him the money that he is looking for, which is clearly pretty darn high, then a long-term deal would make sense too. Yeah, he's been injured all year, um, but when he's healthy, you know what type of player you're getting. To me, letting him walk with only the potential of a compensatory pick, if Detroit doesn't sign enough free agents, that just does not make enough, um, a bunch of sense to me as of right now. Maybe that changes as things kind of start to develop, but that's a tough sell. For me, it's really difficult to see the Lions bringing back Danny Amendola and Marvin Jones, especially if they are heading for a rebuild for multiple reasons. Jones can probably get a better deal elsewhere than Detroit is likely to pay, especially if they're going to rebuild. If they feel like this is a really quick rebuild, maybe you offer Marvin Jones a two- to three-year deal, keep him around, and at that point, if you do let... That's one scenario where I could see them letting Kenny Galladay walk and making sure they draft a receiver really, really high, maybe even in the first round, depending 
on what pick they get. Mohamed Sanu is intriguing to me because I think he'll come a lot cheaper than Marvin Jones Jr. He'd be less expensive. He can fill that veteran role that Marvin Jones Jr. would fit, like Danny Amendola had filled in. Like That would make some sense to me, maybe even more so than any of those two guys, because Sanu has proven he can produce, maybe not at the level of Marvin Jones, but he can give you some production and also gives you a veteran presence with what could be a very, very young room. Agnew, to me, is maybe the trickiest decision of this group, and I think it's a really hard one, in part because of what he brings you as a returner. He's one of the league's best returners. To me, if it comes down to this. If Detroit believes in him as a potential wide receiver, as a potential slot in place of Danny Amendola with a full offseason of work, with a full offseason of training, with preseason, spring game, the whole deal, spring training, the whole deal, then I think he's worth the investment because you know what you're getting as a returner. If not, then, I mean, maybe you have to let him walk because, to me, if you're going to have to really rebuild this whole thing, having a guy who's largely a returner and largely a game-breaker there but doesn't give you much on offense or on defense is a tough thing to pay a decent amount of money to. And I imagine that Jamal Agnew will get good money somewhere because of his return capability. Think of a contending team that's just like, you know what, we want a game-breaker back there. And we're good enough everywhere else on the roster that we can have him up only to do that. And maybe he's our fifth receiver or corner or running back, whatever you want to use him at, because he can play any of those spots. Maybe not great, but he can play any of those spots. That to me is where he could be more valuable on a contender than a team that's kind of rebuilding everything. So that's one thing to consider with him. Victor Bolden, Tom Kennedy, they're largely unknowns. We've seen them during training camp and in very, very bit and spot pieces here. Tough to say whether either one of them will be back. We'll be back, however, right after this with more roster breakdown on the Michael Rogers Show. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed, is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria. And you can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the United States are visiting Indeed each month, according to CompScore's total visits. So it's been clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. 
Terms and conditions apply. And the NBA is back in action. Football is heading into the playoffs, even though not the Detroit Lions. And you might not be at a game this year, whether that's basketball or whether that's football, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BlueWire at betonline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Now, back to our show. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us. Jumping right back into tight ends. This is a shorter group. TJ Hawk on the roster now. TJ Hawkinson, 850000 base salary, all fully guaranteed. $5,580,789 cap hit. $11,712,543 in dead money. Jesse James, $4.9 million base. $6.429 million cap hit. $2.858 million dead money. Hunter Bryant, 780,000 base, 901667 cap hit, 6,667 dead money. Jarrell Adams, potential futures contract. So who's definitively back for 2021? TJ Hawkinson. And I'm actually going to put Austin Bryant, or sorry, Hunter Bryant on this list. That's maybe the most controversial one that you'll hear. But to me, I think that Bryant even if he's not a lock to be on the roster, is a lock to make it deep into camp because of his potential skill and that he costs next to nothing as a third or fourth tight end. So Bryant, like I said, it's a combination of his skill set, the cap hit, his age, makes him attractive enough to keep around at least through camp. But this is going to be a position group that's going to see at least one new face. And to me, Jesse James, who never really found a big role in Detroit, could end up being a cap casualty cut. I mean, it's a good salary for Jesse James, so Jesse James may want to stay, and you never want to lose your job. But really, in some cases, it might be best for both sides to move on unless whoever they bring in in a new regime really shows that they want to use two tight ends and use them well, maybe a little bit like what Houston does with uh, Jordan Aikens and with Darren Fells. But even then... You know, I don't know whether Jesse James fits that mold, especially when you've got the money that you have in Hawkinson and what you're going to be paying Jesse James is a lot of money for a number two tight end uh, who may or may not play a lot. So that's going to be something to watch. But to me, Jesse James is a guy that really could get moved on from and might find a better role and more happiness in another offense, frankly. So we shall see what happens there. Uh, now to the offensive line on the roster now. Left tackle Taylor Decker, $1 million base salary plus a $12 million option bonus fully guaranteed. $4.9 million cap hit, $17.25 million in dead money. Left guard Jonah Jackson, $828,035 in base salary, $1,090,176 in a cap hit, $786,423 in dead money. Frank Ragnow. $2,086,383 in base salary, fully guaranteed. $3,748,226 cap hit. $3,748,226 in debt money. Ode Boucher, 
unrestricted free agent. Tyrell Crosby, 920000 a base salary, 991000 921 cap hit, 71921 in debt money. Halapula Vati, $9 million base salary, fully guaranteed. $10.4 million cap hit, $14.6 million in debt money. Joe Dahl, $1.4 million base salary, $1.85 million cap hit, $250,000 in dead money, $50,000 roster bonus due the fifth day of the league year. Matt Nelson, he's an exclusive rights free agent. Dan Skipper, $850,000 in base salary, $850,000 cap hit, no dead money. Logan Stenberg, $780,000 base salary, $965,411 in cap hit, $556,233 in dead money. Russell Bodine, $910,000 in base salary, $750,000 cap hit, no dead money. Evan Brown, potential futures contract. John Toth, potential futures contract. So who's definitively back for 2021? Taylor Decker, Jonah Jackson, Frank Ragnow, Tyrell Crosby, and Halapulavati Vitae. Decision time. So the biggest issue with the Lions is actually what to do with Vitae. He's cost prohibitive to move, as you heard from his massive salary and that much guaranteed to him. And it's not even clear what position he's going to play exactly in 2021. Is he a starting right tackle? And then does that mean you're moving Tyrell Crosby back to the swing? Is he become your starting right guard or your starting left guard? And maybe does well there? Do you kind of just say, well, you're going to be a really expensive sixth offensive lineman and at that point... Whenever the Lions can cut bait on that, they're going to try. Like that's that's where you're at right now with Vitae. You just don't know, and it's impossible to truly know because he was injured for so much of this year that you just you just don't know where that's going to stand. Other than that, the Lions seem pretty good and pretty set at the offensive line because I think Crosby's good enough to be a right tackle and to be an average starting right tackle in the NFL. I mean, they've played much worse, really, since he, he's been out. They do have a hole at right guard, but maybe Vitae fills that. Maybe Joe Dahl is able to return and fill that. But overall, the starters seem to be in pretty good shape. The left side of that line with Ragnar, Decker, and Jackson really seem to be long-term potential pieces. I think it's the best piece of the team that Bob Quinn built in his tenure. He should get credit there. Joe Dahl is a guy who can start, can be a backup. He's still under contract for you. No reason to not bring him back. Again, it might depend a little bit on what type of line scheme and what type of offense the new head coach would be running, a new offensive coordinator, but I think he's a guy that can run both types of systems too, especially from his experience back in college at Washington State. Matt Nelson, I think, is a good growth project. He's an exclusive rights free agent, so you can bring him back very, very easily, at least for camp and see what happens. I have a tough time seeing Dan Skipper or Ode Abouche making a return to the Lions. Uh, maybe depending on who ends up being the head coach and the GM, they see something in one of those guys that they want to keep. But both of them are free agents and it makes more sense to me that they might end up somewhere else because I think whoever the new offensive line coach or even if it's just Hank Fraley new or the new offensive coordinator or the new head coach might have a veteran lineman they want to bring in. And that's not even discounting drafting a lineman potentially, which is always important. The the little question mark to me is Russell Bodine. He is a former starter. He opted out due to COVID-19 this past year. 
much like Geronimo Allison did at the receiver spot. We didn't really talk about him there, but with the many, many open receiver spots, he's a guy that could slip in there. That, you know, Bodine's an interesting, interesting case as a guy who could win a backup job. I don't think he would win a starting job. Moving over to defense now, on the defensive line, on the roster now, Trey Flowers, $14.375 million base salary, $10 million of that fully guaranteed. $19.989 million cap hit, $21.228 million dead money. Austin Bryant, $850,000 base salary, $1,033,158 in cap hit, $366,316 in dead money. Everson Griffin, unrestricted free agent. Romeo Aquara, unrestricted free agent. Julian Aquara, $834,152 base salary, $1 million one hundred twenty thousand seven hundred fifty nine dollars in cap hit eight hundred fifty nine thousand eight hundred twenty one dollars in dead money frank heron eight hundred fifty thousand dollar base salary eight hundred fifty thousand dollar cap hit no dead money john penicini seven hundred eighty thousand dollar base salary eight hundred twenty two thousand seven hundred ninety four dollar cap hit one hundred twenty eight thousand three hundred eighty two in dead money kevin strong eight hundred fifty thousand dollar base eight hundred fifty thousand dollar cap hit no dead money nick williams $4.1 million base salary, $5.5 million cap hit, $1 million dead money. Deshaun Hand, $920,000 million base, or $920,000, not million, thousand base salary, $1,090,491 in cap hit, $170,491 in dead money. Jay Sean Cornell, $780,000 in base salary, $801,133 in cap hit, $63,399 in dead money. Danny Shelton, Four million base salary, five point two five million cap hit, one point two five million dead money. John Atkins, eight hundred fifty thousand base salary, eight hundred fifty thousand dollar cap hit, no dead money. Albert Huggins, futures contract. Kareem Martin, futures contract. So who's definitively back for twenty one for two thousand twenty one? Flowers, Julian Aquara, Penasini, and I would also put Austin Bryant on here. I think he's shown enough that at least you'd want to see more from him. Plus, he's under contract for you. Decision time. This is very tricky because we don't know what type of scheme they're going to run and we don't know who the defensive coordinator is going to be. So there's a lot or the new head coach is going to be and if they're defensive minded. So there's a lot of questions and unknowns here. But based off of what we know right now, the contracts of Danny Shelton, and Nick Williams, both who, in my opinion, underperformed expectations in 2020. Williams much more so than Shelton. They can be gotten out of, as you heard of, fairly reasonably. Deshaun hands in the final year of his contract. He likely would get to training camp. But at this point, I don't know how you can trust him to be out on the field for any stretch of time because of his health. That's just been two years in a row where it's been a problem. The other thing is what to do with Romeo Aquara. That's the biggest question on this defensive line. He could, he should, not even could, but should end up getting a good market in free agency because, listen, he's one sack away, and he might get it against the Vikings from hitting double-digit sacks. He's been impressive in two of his three seasons in Detroit. He's a guy that, at 25 years old, is still ascending as a player. Pass rushers often don't hit their prime till 29, 30, 31 years old. So you know that he's going to only get better. The question is, how much of a market will there be? How much do the Lions value him? How much would a new staff value him? And would he want to stay in Detroit? And I think a lot of it's going to come back to, again, value. 
Don't forget, the Lions took a chance on him after the Giants cut him. He's developed nicely here. His brother is here in Julian and will be a lock. I think he would like to play with him. However, I don't think he would take a lesser deal just to make sure that happens. I think the Lions would need to come with a competitive offer to keep Ju- to keep Romeo Aquara. And for personally, I think that they should. So that's the main question. Everson Griffin is also intriguing. But again, this is a team that is going to be rebuilding. Another thing that's maybe also intriguing for trying to keep Romeo Aquara is if you do sign him to a longer term deal, just maybe spread some out of the cap hit or, or anything like that, you can feel like you're still getting an ascending type player in a four-year deal where you're not going to sign Everson Griffin to a four-year deal. So to me, that again goes to what type of rebuild are you looking at? If it's a quick quickie rebuild, maybe they look to re-sign Everson Griffin. But if it's a long-term thing, I could easily see them moving on from Everson Griffin, even though Griffin, I think, is still playing well. But really try to make a move on Romeo Aquara because he theoretically could be a good player still for the next half decade and a guy you can maybe potentially build around. So that's defensive line. And the middle of the defensive line, like like we talked about, really other than Penasini, maybe John Atkins, like th- there's going to need to potentially be a complete reconstruction there, again, depending on what the upfront scheme might look like. So there will be more of the same at the next position, linebacker, but here's who is on the roster now. Jamie Collins, $8.8 million in base salary. $7 million of that is fully guaranteed. $11,333,333 in cap hit. And $11,666,667 in dead money. Jared Davis will be an unrestricted free agent. Christian Jones, $1.26 million in base salary. $2,832,720 in a cap hit. $1,092,720 in dead money. Reggie Ragland, unrestricted free agent. Jalen Reeves-Mabin, unrestricted free agent. Jelani Tavai, $1,071,124 in base salary, $1,880,173 in cap hit, $1,516,898 in Ted Bunny. Anthony Pittman, potential futures contract. So who's definitively back of that group in 2021? Jamie Collins. That's it. This group needs a massive overhaul. We've talked about it a lot. It's the weakest group on the roster. It might not even be close. You can get out of Christian Jones' contract pretty easily. He is a versatile piece, so maybe you want to hold on to him because it's not a massive price point. But if the Lions want to move on, if they feel like they can get better value elsewhere, he's a guy you move on from. Jalen Reeves Mabin's a guy that, again, maybe you keep. He's great on special teams. He's one of their core special teams players. You do need some of those guys. But the question would be, how much does the new staff value what Reeves Mabin does versus maybe what a Miles Killebrew does versus what some other players are capable of doing? And I think it could be a 50-50 situation with Reeves Mabin. And if Reeves Mabin wants really more of a chance to try and play defense, maybe he also looks somewhere else. Jelani Tavai, last year's second-round pick, is really the unknown because it's all going to depend if he fits in a new scheme. If he fits in the new scheme, he's definitely here, and maybe he can thrive. If he doesn't, I could see the Lions really pulling the trigger and moving away from him, eating that money, especially, again, if it is a rebuild, because he's not a speed linebacker. He's not super fast. He had a really bad season in the middle. It just did not go well at all. At the very least, I think he is in a have-to-win-your-job-in-camp situation entering year three like that there and we've seen that from other picks before 
most recently Tease Tabor. Like that is what it is. And unlike Tease Tabor, Jelani Havai won't have the people who drafted him in a spot to fight for him because Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia have been fired. Looking now at cornerback on the roster now. Desmond Trufant, $9.5 million base salary, $3.5 million of that fully guaranteed. $12.5 million cap hit, $6 million in debt money. Amani Awarie, $850,000 base salary, $930,834 cap hit, $161,668 in debt money. Justin Coleman, $8.95 million in base, $11.029 million cap hit, $4.058 million in debt money. Jeff Okuda, $780,000 base salary, that's fully guaranteed. $7,620,119 on a cap hit, $27,432,000 in dead money. In other words, not going anywhere. Daryl Roberts, unrestricted free agent. Mike Ford, restricted free agent. Tony McRae, unrestricted free agent. Tremaine Florock, Josh Hawkins, and Alex Myers, all potential futures contracts, guys, depending what happens after the season. So who's definitively back next year? Well, it's simple. It's two guys. Amani Awarie and Jeff Okuda. And I think for both reasons, you understand why. Awarie was their best corner this year, has shown potential, can really only grow in a system. I think that is maybe better suited to him. Okuda, you're not dumping him with that dead money. You're also not dumping him after one year where he clearly was playing hurt. The guy has a lot of talent. I still maintain he's going to be a very, very, very good cornerback in this league. And... You know, if I'm wrong on that a year from now and he's really still struggling, please feel free to come back at me with that with this. Uh, you know, dig back through the podcast that won't I think happen be happening at that point and you know, point it out to me. But I think Jeff Okuda will be really good and he'll obviously be definitively back. The decision making time really starts with the Desmond Trufant contract. I think it could be a little bit harder to get out of than say the Nick Williams deal or the Jesse James deal. Or some of the other contracts we've talked about. But there's also this. If Trufant is healthy, I think he can be a contributor. It is a high price point for a guy who's maybe not at all going to be your number one. But if he does come back healthy and Okuda takes a massive step, Awarie could be either your third outside corner, which you can live with, or maybe even jump in slide to be your slot corner. More on that for a second. But that's multiple things to look at, but you're banking on Desmond Trufant being healthy, which that did not happen for more than a couple of games this year. Justin Coleman, I think at this point would be more likely than not to return, but if they change their scheme, if they deem that they don't want to pay that much for a guy who basically just plays the slot, if they don't like what they've seen from a consistency, consistency standpoint, they can get some cap room back. I think Justin Coleman would pretty much find a job fairly easily elsewhere. But that, I think, will just depend on the new defensive staff. Looking now at safety. By the way, other than that, which I hope everybody realizes, like corner is a spot where you could see a lot of turnover, especially with special teams options, etc., etc. Looking at safety now on the roster, Deron Harmon, unrestricted free agent. Miles Killebrew, unrestricted free agent. Tracy Walker, $802,000 in base salary, $1,022,497 in a cap hit, $220,497 in debt money. Will Harris, $850,000 base salary, $1,118,061 in cap hit, $476,122 in debt money. 
CJ Moore, $850,000 base salary, $852,334 cap hit, $2,334 in debt money. Bobby Price and Jelly Elliott both on futures deals. Who's definitively here in 21? One guy, Tracy Walker. You can make an argument for some others, and we're going to get into that. But Walker, to me, is the only guy that I think is definitively here. And even him, there could be a decision made on him if whoever comes in just really doesn't like what they saw from him on tape this year. It was a rough year for him, but to me, I look at what he's shown in potential, and you scratch it up to between everything that happened with his own you know, family, his uh, wife giving birth in season, to everything that happened with his cousin Ahmad Arbery in the offseason, to how the Lions, frankly, mismanaged him early on during the year. And that clearly affected him in some form or fashion, even though he, he's been very diplomatic about it. You can just tell that this year, I think, was just a complete mess for him. And he's kind of hinted at that a few times, that I really think that you'll see a much better Tracy Walker in 2021, especially in a contract year that will be much more valuable to the Lions. Will Harris has a chance. I think he'll make it to camp at least. But, you know, much like we were talking about with Tavai, the staff that brought him in is gone. or And soon likely will be fully gone. So there's not going to be as much loyalty there. You can think back to kind of when there have been fa- other regimes in here, Anthony Zettel being a guy when Bob Quinn and, and Matt Patricia came in. And that's actually how they got Romeo Aquara, uh, Ryan Broyles before that. There's always a few guys that you think might stick around because of their draft selection and the money invested, but they don't because it just doesn't make sense. So Will Harris would be a guy to me that I would look at, but maybe this is also a chance for him to thrive because, again, the scheme was an issue. C.J. Moore, great special teams player. That's where his role is. I think that goes into another situation there where it's like, do they keep Killebrew? Do they keep Moore? Uh, But Moore's under contract, so again, I think he at least gets to camp. Of the free agents, Deron Harmon would be a guy I would inquire to see if he wanted to come back. But if it's going to be a rebuild, he may also not have much of an issue. Or he may not want to come back, and that it may end up being a non-issue, rather. I think he would have offers elsewhere, including maybe even going back to New England. Who knows? Miles Killebrew, the NFLPA rep, highly respected special teams player. I would think you have a home in Detroit as long as he wants one. Uh, but again, with a new staff coming in, new special teams coaches, new defensive coordinator, new head coach, more than li- all of this, more than likely. Two of the three, definitely the defensive coordinator, more than likely. I think you're probably looking at some form of concern. But to me, once they watch the tape, they'll see Killebrew's a, a player of value. And I would imagine that he ends up being back here and he might be a guy that year after year after year just signs a one-year deal kind of like a guy we're going to talk about here in this last section specialists on the roster now matt prater unrestricted free agent don muehlbach unrestricted free agent jack fox exclusive rights free agent aaron Sebos futures contract steven wordle futures contract who's back definitively in 2021 jack fox that's it And yes, even Fox is a free agent, but being an exclusive rights guy, as I was talking about at the top of the show, he's going to be back in Detroit next year. Like, There's no way they don't offer him a tender of the ERFA. He's going to sign it, and then you kind of go from there. And if he has another really good year, maybe you sign him to a long-term deal at that point. The bigger questions will be a kicker and a long snapper. 
Steven Wordle, if he does sign a futures deal with the Lions, and if I'm him at this point, I would. I think he's the future of the position for the Lions there. Dom Muehlbach says he's going to take time after the season to decide if he wants to play another year. He's a guy who's gone year to year forever. Wordle's skills and might push him in a different direction and may even push the Lions in a different direction as they undergo a complete regime change. They might just say, you know what, we're going to go with Steven Wordle. We really appreciate everything you've done for the franchise over the last decade and a half, Dom Muehlbach, but we're moving on. Like I'll, I'll be curious to see if the decision ends up being Dom Muehlbach at the end of the day or the Lions. How the Lions handle Matt Prater is an interesting question. He's still one of the most clutch kickers in NFL history. It's all known, well, all the well known that this has been one of his worst seasons of his career. He's missing extra points, missing field goals. His family is settled in here, so there is that part of it. I would imagine there is a reason that Prater wants to stay, especially later on as he gets in his career. Remember, this is a team that also took a chance on him after Denver cut him. But again, like Don Muehlbach, that may not be his choice what to do, depending on how the new regime wants to handle things. So that is where I think things stand right now with the 2020 roster heading into 2021. Hopefully you got some good information about it. You know, a lot of it is just kind of up in the air and, and not super well known because of the lack of knowing who the new GM and head coach are going to be. But hopefully this gives you at least a little bit of a primer of what to maybe look for as we head into it. want to thank all y'all for listening as always. Follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Mike Rothstein. Facebook at Michael Rothstein Journalist. Feel free, download, subscribe. Tell your friends to subscribe for the last week. Let's get a nice little kick in here in the last week of this show and, and maybe jump up subscribers one more time just to kind of to show some stuff. That would be awesome. And uh, we will be back and talking with you tomorrow, I believe with a special guest that it's uh, might be on. We'll find out for sure this afternoon. I'm hoping that it is because it's a guy that I've wanted to have on for wanted to have had on for a while, and I'm hoping that it it comes to fruition. Um, there are going to be a couple guests that it looked like we were going to have at one point. I just don't think we're going to have time to get to them, which is unfortunate because they would have been great guests. But I'm hoping that we get this guy on tomorrow. I'm super excited about it if it does happen. And with that, we will chat with you tomorrow.